0: Listening Dog Media. This podcast
1: is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
2: The Offside Rule We Get It is brought to you by Continental Tires. Hello there. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast. You are listening to the Offside Rule Podcast. We get it. That's right with Kate Borset and Lindsay Hooper. Brought to you by Continental Tyres, getting you to the game safely. Wherever you're listening, I hope you're listening very safely. We've got some great topics coming up. I'm really sorry, I've been AWOL the last couple of podcasts. I'm really, I'm the weak link of the gang. You both have gone AWOL. You left me to it last week. <laughs> and might
0: I say, I've just put some chocolate down. That all makes up for it. Thank I've got you. some caramel chocolate Thank here. You. We should say that
1: Hayley McQueen's hosting this one. So generous to her co host, she's forgotten to name herself.
2: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, did she? I didn't even notice that everyone knows that voice now. <laughs> no. Yeah, so you've been in Miami, Kate, just living it up. Soho house, yes, hobnobbing with the stars. I'm, I'm not that posh, but I'm
1: suffering from jet lag. I took two children on a flight home, and I didn't sleep at all, and it was an overnight flight. I've had two hours this afternoon. And if I start to slur or say something ridiculous during this podcast, more ridiculous than normal, you know it's because I'm slightly losing
2: my way. So, as ever, we have three topics to get through. We're going to be finishing with a little bit of fun. Football pranksters. We saw lots of April Fool's jokes. Normally they're pretty rubbish, but there was quite a good one. Uh, Christian Fuchs has been at it with his Leicester teammates.
0: Yeah, I thought this was brilliant. It was on Sky Sports as well, there was a feature. I thought it was brilliant seeing how much fun he has. He really winds up Jamie Vardy for one, Danny Drinkwater. They've got a real good camaraderie, as we know. It might be part of the recipe for their success this season. But what I didn't realise is how much Christian Fuchs is right at the heart of it. The other thing that I thought was lovely, as an aside, was that he went back to New York City. Now, before this season, if I'd have shown you a picture of Christian Fuchs, be honest, would you have known him? No. Apart from the name, which is pretty distinct, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah,
2: <laughs> it is, yeah. yeah. I mean,
0: Christians are lovely <laughs> <laughs> What's happened is, because he's got his wife and children in New York, he went back there in the last international break and he said that three people stopped him in the street to say, good luck, Leicester City. Oh, and isn't that amazing? That is amazing, isn't it? It's really, really good. Really, really good. But he is a prankster, so that was why it was related.
2: It mm. was Liverpool as well. You'll probably know this, but unless you've used this as one of your examples a bit later. I can't even remember who it was now. On the way to training, three, of the the Liverpool players were in a car and they'd hired a driver who was an actor and he was just going mental and shouting things out and coming out with the most absurd stuff. (laughs) And of course, two of the players in the back were messaging each other, like, (laughs) what on earth is this guy on? Who is this? I know exactly what you're talking about. It was John Flanagan that was in on it. In on it, that's right, yeah. But I couldn't remember, was it... uh, It was Mignolet, Mignolet and Lucas Lever. It was very, very funny. So we're going to be chatting about some of the pranks that people have pulled in football over the years.
1: And the unlikely combinations because if you're going to go for pranksters at Liverpool, you would not put John Flanagan, Simon Mignolet (laughs) and
2: Lucas Lever together. You know, a Belgian, a Brazilian and an Englishman. And a Liverpudlian cab driver. It was very funny. Well, Leicester feature heavily. We've obviously mentioned Christian Fuchs and, and the pranks there, but was no prank on April Fools' when Leicester City tweeted that there were going to be free beers and donuts handed out at the game at the weekend. You thought it's never going to happen. Come on, tens of thousands of fans who are turning up. But it was the chairman's birthday, and he wanted to celebrate in style, and he wanted to be one mass party. of course, it was post-match celebrated with a one-nil when another one nil win yeah. and uh, everybody got their beer and Krispy Kremes
1: I like that it was kind of a Simpsons-esque style
2: party <laughs> beer
1: and donuts yeah. um don't ask me to pronounce the chairman's name no by the way
2: did you notice that I just said the chairman yeah. that's it's like oh, <laughs> um, the gaffer so we're going to be having a look at some other examples of things in football that maybe money can't buy or examples of things that people have done that have been a bit of a gesture that have been surprising what wasn't a surprise was maybe Remy Gard leaving Aston Villa. Big surprise when he came into the club in the first place. So a little bit managerial left field we're going to start with. Managers who seem unsuitable, but have actually gone on to have some success. Uh, so the half-guard being an example of someone it didn't quite work for, but there have been managers who've come in and managed. And uh, Ranieri, as our example here of a manager, yes, we know he's had previous success, but we didn't think he'd have this type of success this time around. I can give you another example of one that didn't work from
0: left field when um, Wolves bought in Stalassol back in. Yes.
1: West Brom as well, that one really didn't work. When they bought him Pepe Mel, that mm, fell oh, flat yeah. on its face, didn't it? Worst Premier League appointment guard? What do you reckon if we're having a quick discussion on, you know, wh- why did they hire him? Why you could say they Moyes they- at United. At least you can understand why they'd yeah. bring Moyes in. But I'm wondering if he takes, or maybe we should just say Felix Magat take about worst
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. Worst <laughs> Premier League appointment. Yeah, forgot good. about him. Yeah. You can't forget Felix Magat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was pretty dire, wasn't it? <laughs>
2: Breaking news, everyone. Stand by your beds. This is Jim White. You can download the Offside Rule podcast this very day. So maybe we'll start with you, Lindsay, and you give us your examples of managers who actually have gone on to do great things against the odds.
0: I was racking my brains thinking of all the appointments over the years, certainly in the Premier League era. And I'm hard pushed to think of one that was more surprising and one that I'll never get over, which was Avram Grant at Mm. Chelsea. Now, he had aspirations as a player early on in his career, but at 17, he was involved in a a motorbike accident. So then he turned his attention to coaching. So he hasn't come from a a playing background. He came from a purely coaching background. He won four Israeli titles with Maccabi Tel Aviv and Maccabi Haifa. And after a stint as the Israel boss in 2002, not many people saw it coming when Portsmouth, who were in the Premier League at the time, came in for him as technical director. And then he goes on to Chelsea and leads them to a Champions League final. Overall, you look at his time in the Premier League and it it wasn't brilliant. I mean, he led West Ham to relegation, led Portsmouth to relegation. But the (laughs) fact that Roman Abramovich found this faith in this man who everyone else had written off and he comes in and he leads them to a Champions League final, it resonates with me. There might be a better example out there. But that's the first one of my picks mm.
1: It was interesting because he obviously had that relationship with Abramovich already. And that's why he
0: oh, when, it was it like,
1: is. it was like, oh, I'm your mate sort of thing, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, But Abramovich definitely stuck his neck out with that one because that was a risk to take. I've made a couple of picks. The most obvious one to mention, just quickly, is Arsene Wenger, if we're talking about one of the ultimates. You know, when, when he arrived at Arsenal, not much was known about him, as is famously told. He'd won a league 1 title and a Coupe de France with Monaco. But that was a huge bet, I suppose, a huge risk for Arsenal, and that's obviously paid off. But I want to talk about Pochettino, who came into Southampton, again, as a bit of a risk, untested here in the Premier League. He'd spent most of his playing career at Espanyol. In fact, he then went on to become Espanyol's third coach, coach in a season so they were at, at breaking point and he was kind of jettisoned in there but led the team to safety in that particular season and you know did well did a good job his third season there not so great and he left by mutual consent so although he was steady at Espanol and he shored the ship he came into Southampton to replace Nigel Adkins, and I think fans were a little bit cynical about him. You know, they didn't know too much about him. But in his first full season, as many fans will remember, he was able to equal Southampton's greatest ever Premier League finish off eighth. He got the highest ever points tally as well. There, Southampton had to be really careful because here was a club that had really dive bombed down the different leagues, had finally found themselves back in the Premier League, and taken a risk by hiring him. And obviously, he's very well organized. The coaching setup there is great, and we know what he's done at Spurs. Amazing too. But yeah, a bit of a risk there, really bringing him to the Premier League, but one that's really paid off. Yeah, a gamble, but a gamble that they've been willing to take again in Ronald Koeman, and mm. that's worked as well. But it's different in Koeman's case, because Koeman has won stuff abroad, and Koeman mm. is a much more experienced manager. But yeah, you cannot deny what Pochettino's done,
2: and what a great acquisition he is to the league. Well, what about Gus Poyet? his first managerial job at Brighton and Hove Albion, and who'd have thought a man coming in, little or no managerial experience could take a club struggling somewhat in League One and just uh, a couple of seasons later have them getting to the playoffs in the championship and and actually did some really great work with regards to signings and and changing the way that the club was. I know they've had a beautiful new stadium and things are really looking up and they might in fact get promoted again but he was uh, brought in as a manager in in November 2009 on a one and a half year contract so they were thinking oh we'll give him a go we're not going to throw three, four years years, Adam, because he's he's unknown. He brought in Mauricio Tariccio, who was announced as his assistant, of course, with him at uh, Tottenham. So two names that people knew of from the Premier League, but certainly not two guys that you'd ever think of joining up a League One side and achieving so much. So he steered them to safety, had a really great start to his career. First game in charge against Southampton, 3-1 and it was pretty much uh, looking up the league from then on in. The season after that, they started with five 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 wins from the first eight games. They were top of the League One table. There was an unbeaten start to that 2011-2012 season. Unfortunately, it did end on a bit of a low. But this is one man who single-handedly pretty much turned around the fortunes of of the Seaside Club. And I think a lot of where they are now is down to Gus Poyet. Unlikely success stories. I've
0: got Les Parry at Tranmere Rovers how unlikely this is so les parry was a physio for those of the of you that have forgotten this story he was at prenton park from 1991 until he took over as boss in 2009 so he spent an enormous amount of time as the physio mm. at the club John Barnes was sacked and he took over the job. He managed to stave off relegation from League One and he got the job permanently, which no one was expecting. Mm. Like it was bolt out the blue. But the favourite thing about all of this for me is that it inspired the song, and I know that we like a song occasionally, that had the lyrics, Who needs Mourinho? We've got a physio. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. <laughs>
2: That's genius. Haley, have you got another one? It's a manager who'd never managed a club side and went on to manage his country but he was a hero for Germany and actually ended up being a hero for the national side as their manager Jürgen Klinsmann so in 2004 uh, he returned to Germany and decided to take the head coach of the national team you're not going to turn that one down and of course succeeded a former teammate as well and strike partner Rudy Voller Klinsmann pretty much revamped the management of the team, the structure, the way that they played, A hugely successful nation of football, as they always pretty much have been, as long as we've known them. As if you're an England fan, we all dislike them very much because they're blooming good at playing football. But uh, Klinsmann, he brought in uh, Olivia Bierhoff and um, he came in to help out with things and really changed the way that they went about coaching, created a lot of youth coming through as well, which is something that we've seen happening with Borussia Dortmund, of course, in Germany and other German sides and and, and the way that they were going about their redevelopment of youth, not just with the national team, but for club football, which then filters through into the national team. But he wasn't afraid to give a youngster a bit of a go. This was after a terrible showing, I think you'd have to say, at Euro 2004. They needed a complete revamp. He was a hero. He was brought in and and he kind of left a hero as well. In the run-up to the 2006 World Cup, he did attract a little bit of criticism following a few poor results, but they stuck with him. But he still managed to get them to third place in the 2006 World Cup. So two years after going in and changing the way that things were in, in, in German football, only very slightly, but tinkering and making sure that he was planning for the future. The thing about
1: Klinsmann was he was brought in with this huge weight of expectation leading up to the 2006 World Cup. It was the weight of the expectation of of the nation with that home World Cup. And I think he coped well. Big name, obviously, but not a huge amount of experience behind him. But yeah, and saying that as
2: well, of course, he took a bit of a risk. You mentioned that weight of expectation in 2006. He took a risk. He played young players. And it definitely paid off. So well done, Klinsmann. Maybe we could just get, I don't know, David Beckham straight into the England job. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That German connection leads me nicely onto
1: Thomas Tuchel. And the reason why I'm talking about him is because Dortmund are having an amazing season. They're doing really well, especially when you compare them to last season. 16 games undefeated so far in 2016 under Thomas Tuchel, of course Jürgen Klopp leaving to go to Liverpool at the end of last season there, five points behind by Munich as it stands. But Thomas Tuchel went to Dortmund <laughs> with some experience at Mainz, but not big experience and not with a trophy either, I don't think. He did a good job at Mainz, got the team into the Champions League, but Dortmund is a big step up for a manager like that. It was going to make or break and I think he had a good rep, but it was really about can he do it on the on the big stage. You know, It was either Bayern or Dortmund, isn't it, who you know lead the way with German football. He's handled it really well and not only has he handled it well, he's handled getting the team to resurge underneath him and getting them to play some really good football as well. How's he done it? Why has he done it? Why this turnaround? Well, he's done stuff like get rid of pasta and white bread he kind of has a vegan style diet himself because um, injury ended his own playing career and he appreciates the impact that diet can have. Whereas Klopp is quite high energy, counter-attacking. Tuchel's more Barcelona-like in terms of possession-based play. He's done some great things with a couple of the players there as well. I won't go into huge amounts of detail here, but he's got players playing very, very well. If we look at Makita Ryan, who was always, you know, perhaps a bit mentally fragile. He's introduced him to a psychology book that's got the player believing in himself and playing really well. But, yeah, I've been really impressed with the job that he's done. And I have to say, many thought he may not be able to graduate up to those higher echelons of German football. Well done, Tuchel. (laughs) Tuchel.
2: Follow us on Twitter at Offside Rule Pod and like our page on Facebook. Simply type in the offside rule we get in. There's only one of us. After the beer and donuts were handed out at Leicester City. Which, of course, they drank and ate in delight after winning yet another game and are on the way to making history by winning the Premier League, which I think they are absolutely going to do. I actually, on the way here to record this
0: podcast, were listening to broadcasters saying they've won it. I think that's a little premature. They have. I think they're going to do it. I think it's looking like they will. But come on, let's
2: not say that it's already theirs. Very true. Let's bring you some examples of of, of things that have been given out at football games, little surprises that we didn't expect, gifting treats. I've got Niall Quinn back in March 2007. Sunderland chairman at the time paid more than eight grand. To get over a hundred fans home from Bristol Airport. They were taken off their flight from Bristol to Newcastle following a win for Sunderland. Uh, they were serenading Quinn, Niall Quinn's disco pants. They were thrown <laughs> off the plane. Quinn was so outraged at the treatment of the fans, as there were no other flights available, he commandeered a fleet of taxis and minibuses to make sure that the fans got home. So they they were taken off the plane, said they were far too rowdy. He felt so guilty because it was him that was jeering them on, but of course their team had won, so it was fine. And he made sure that they were all looked after and got back home so they could all head to work the next day and not get into trouble. It's a nice gift, isn't it?
0: Did you know there have been other freebies this year, or have they gone under what everybody's noticed because the donuts and the beer have just trumped it all but did does anyone remember this <laughs> Mike Ashley this is back in January offered a free winter jacket worth 59.99 RRP from Sports Direct um, he offered these winter jackets to football fans if Newcastle beat West Ham. This was this year. Yeah, they didn't, They did they? They did, Kate yeah. say ruining the reveal. But yeah. anyway, and he said it was open to any football fan who was on the Facebook page. So he actually set aside £2.4 million in freebie stock really? in case... Steve McLaren's side delivered the three points, which, as we've now found out, he did. I mean, I was thinking this, going to West Ham, you think, oh, no, actually, they're not going to pick up all three points. Mm. Let's face it, Newcastle haven't been great this season. But actually, it was the one game that they did win. They won 2-1. Well, these free jackets went to the fans. But what I love about this is not to be outdone. Sunderland in February... Also identified a West Ham game. So it's like, why are they doing this? It's so obvious why they're doing this. And they gave all Sunderland fans that travelled to the game a free shirt, a free green no shirt to all the travelling away fans. That was about 1,400 fans
2: wow. that benefited. I'm guessing Mike Ashley put a heck of a lot of advertising on the jackets, which is like free adverts of the tens of thousands of fans just wearing them around Newcastle. Well, what about a footballer who decided to treat a fan, just took it upon himself? Ipswich Town's Tyrone Mings tweeted a fan. Tris Monk had messaged him basically saying, I just cannot afford to attend the game and he really wanted to go. He wanted two tickets. He'd been to most of the games, but had found himself um, out of a job, out of a little bit of luck of having savings. So Tyrone Mings messaged him back and he said, shouldn't miss a game because you can't afford it. I've left you two tickets under the name of Tris Monk, which probably wasn't the cleverest thing to tweet because had he left the tickets, (laughs) the first two people to arrive at the reception of Ipswich Town's next game, oh, I'm Tris Monk. And how would he know whether they were there, him or not? So yeah, a bit silly of him, but very nice. Nice indeed. Welsh football fans, female
1: Welsh football fans, um, are up in arms. I didn't quite get the right end of this topic, by the way, but I'll explain why. I'm the jet lag again. This. Yeah, I'm totally going to blame the jet lag. <laughs> female Wales fans are really upset because they can't buy a female version of the Welsh shirt for Euro 2016. Really important championships, lots of Welsh fans going to be there for obvious reasons that's something that money can't buy because it's not available, so Adidas, pull your finger out and
0: get some female Wales shirts please. Using the freebie theme, I'm going to say one of the best freebies no, I'm going to go out there and say the freebie of the century I've taken this as a, a free transfer but it was when Andrea Perlow went from AC Milan to Juventus on a free Bargain. it's gotta be the freebie of the century surely it was an initial three-year contract in that time every season Juventus won the Serie A title not only that he got a hat trick of Player of the Year awards wow. every single year. AC Milan must have been absolutely kicking mm. themselves. I am open to other suggestions if people want to get in touch. <laughs> At Offside World Pod on Twitter if you've got any other suggestions. But would you not say that's the freebie of the century? That is a very good
1: freebie. There are lots of good freebies, though, when you're talking transfers, right? And perhaps that is for another topic. But, yeah, in, in terms of megastar names and then what he goes on to do for a club, that's one of the best.
2: Just got to give a little mention to non-league football and the things that they do in non-league in complete contrast to donuts and beer. Well, what about Suffolk non-league side Bungay Town who gave away free punnets of mushrooms for supporters (laughs) that attended the home match (laughs) on non-league day? That's right. And the uh, vice chairman at the time said, we have a supplier of mushrooms. So we thought, why not? And the former chairman is a mushroom grower. (laughs) Watch videos and hit subscribe to our YouTube channel, Offside Rule TV. Right, finally, let's get to the fun and games of April Fool's and some of the pranks which have been pulled, not just on April Fool's in football, but going back, there's some wonderful stories. There, I think there's books written on some of these pranks. Mm. I'm kind of not surprised, uh, but I, I've dug out a couple of gems, so hit me with yours. Go ahead, Lind.
0: I'll do a very quick
2: one first, which
0: was on April Fool's Day, but one of the ones that I thought, well, we know he's a prankster. You've heard my stories about him when he was at QPR already, boycotting my interviews. Mm. But Rio Ferdinand, the fact that he'd announced that he was going to be Man United manager Mm. and put a picture of him on the sidelines. I missed that,
1: I miss that. All right, well, imagine you get a call from the England manager at the time telling you that you're about to be called up for your first ever squad. Complete elation, right? You'd be overjoyed. If it was David Bentley who received this phone call from the England manager, you'd start to maybe smile a wry kind of smile um, because David Bentley received a phone call telling him that for the first time ever he'd been called up into the England squad. He couldn't believe it. He was finally all these years, had been justified all this hard work. Um, but it wasn't the England manager. It was Robbie Savage with a very dodgy <laughs> accent.
2: Well, what about uh, Bristol Rovers? And this is an April Fool's Day. They wanted to wind up their fans and they used April Fool's Day to unveil a new kit. It was shocking pink. Surprisingly, though, it got such a good reaction. Everyone loved it. They introduced it as a third kit and the proceeds ended up going to charity. Yeah. Um, My other
0: one is another Leicester City player now, but used to play for Stoke City. So we've talked about Christian Fuchs and how active he is on social media and he's posted videos of him pranking some of his teammates. But Robert Huth, he isn't half witty with his tweets. He doesn't tweet all that often. But when he does, he's always having a bit of a dig at one of his old teammates mm. or something like that. So here's a few of his tweets. This is when he just moved to Leicester City. Happy times at Stoke. Thanks for everything. And moving on means I'll maybe fulfil my dream of marking John Walters one day, <laughs> which was quite funny. He also laid into John Walters again, saying let's all welcome him to Twitter when he joined and congratulate him on being able to write. <laughs> Not only only that, he, he sort of takes the mickey out of himself. He said, it's not often having a square-shaped head comes in useful. <laughs> and Stoke have confirmed today that there will be five own goals per season guaranteed over the next six years. And then hashtag
2: Shawcross. <laughs> Does he like dressing up, though? This is a good one. Love it when, when footballers and managers go to fancy dress parties. Man City, quite good at doing this. But Barnsley, as part of the initiation... They kind of pulled pranks on their on their players. Now, Steve Agnew, who I know very well, uh, lives in my parents' village back at home. Number two to Itor Karanka, of course, took charge of the side. And when they lost to Charlton after the the bust up between Karanka and his players and thought, oh, could get in to the end of the season here as manager of Middlesbrough. Get them promoted and I'll be a hero. But he was a bit of a hero in his playing days. He was at Leicester, of course, and uh, Barnsley. And um, he decided to pull a bit of a prank on John Beresford. When Beresford arrived they had a big drinks reception they they used to do at the start of every season and they told him that it was fancy dress and Steve Agnew said oh look 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 I've got mine and he showed him a policeman's outfit that he had the hat the baton everything thought it might have been a bit of a wind-up but when he showed him his costume and a real straight-faced and Steve Agnew we later found out was a bit of a prankster but it's quite a serious character when you first kind of meet him with his bald head and his his stern look. So he turns up, Steve Agnew greets him at the door. Of course, he's not dressed up as a policeman. They have a whole reception. (laughs) The mayor actually turns up, the Lord Mayor of Barnsley, and there he was, dressed up as a clown. (laughs) He'd come as an actual clown. So the next season, they let Beresford do the same thing. Him and Steve Agnew then wound up, at the time, Mark Robinson. Unfortunately, he pranged his car on the way out of the reception. The police turned up and he had to stand at the side of the road dressed as Al Capone whilst the police were taking down his details following his reception at the start of the season for Barnsley. There you go. The
1: female take on football.
2: Well, thank you very much for downloading and listening to and getting to the end of this uh, Offside Rule podcast. You can, of course, follow us on Twitter at Offside Rule Pod. Plenty of features as ever on the website. Go to com, And as the countdown is on to the end of the season of football. It's sure to get much more exciting as the weeks go on so make sure you keep on downloading. Stick with us. Any suggestions that you have for potential topics of course uh, get involved with us uh, via our social media platforms. But uh, thank you very much indeed Uh, and this podcast has been brought to you by Continental Tyres getting you to the game safely with myself Hayley McQueen Kate Borset and Lindsay Hooper it's bye for now. (laughs) The offside rule, we get it. Is brought to you by Continental Tires.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network.